Hello, everybody, and welcome back to IntelliGame Radio. I'm your host, Josh Boykin, founder of IntelliGame.us, a game culture criticism site where we find intersections between games and the world around us. Unfortunately, the world around us is a little bit of a hot mess right now. Perhaps a hotter, messier hot mess than in past. The spread of COVID-19 around the globe has changed humanity. And it's also changed our perception of the world as well. Every day we hear new counts of numbers of people infected, people who have died from the disease. We also hear about economic statistics. We hear about the people who are filing for unemployment, the jobs that have been lost, the fears that people have over how they're going to pay their rent, how they're going to put food on the table. There are so many things that are unsettling in the current moment. Over the past few days, I feel like we've seen a number of new scale challenges, as well as a number of hits that many of us feel are pretty big setbacks to social progress, and it makes it sometimes difficult to feel like pushing forward is is productive, like it's doing something. But I've been also thinking about the ways that so many people have stepped up to the plate over the past few weeks, even months. The people who, all the time, even before COVID-19, were part of this infrastructure that helped keep our society afloat. The healthcare workers who, day in, day out, are helping people survive. The essential workers, as they're called now, even though they're not properly respected economically, or perhaps via social status, the essential workers who work at our grocery stores, our gas stations, the people who provide services required so that everyone can go about their days, those same people who are now out in the world while everyone is being recommended to stay home because they have to be out in the world, not only to help society, but in many cases to provide for their own families, to try and put food on their own tables. COVID-19 has certainly highlighted the ways that our system is fundamentally broken, has been for some time, and requires so much of many who have not been given very much in return. Though our large-scale system may be broken, there are so many people on the small scale who are working to save and support those around them. Community action groups that have come together to sew masks or provide food to those in need, to look out for the elderly who might not be able to go out and shop for themselves. There is a human spirit that has encouraged people to help others, even if we sometimes spend time highlighting those who would hinder instead. I do very much think that there's a core of compassion, of hope that we can look to even in dark times. There's a heart that keeps beating, that circulates energy through the system, that gives us time to rest, but also time to take action, gives an opportunity to clean out the bad, replace it with the good, to spread that good where it needs to go. Heart is the subject of this week's Intelligame Radio. Though we are short in interview this week, there is still a director's cut as well as a game recommendation from Jenny Windham. This week's director's cut is about a game that has helped keep me energized in rough times, 
though I will point out that it also has some discussions of mental health, so please be warned. We'll close our episode with a recommendation from Jenny that dives into a game that may pull a little bit more directly at your heartstrings. You're probably listening to this episode of Intelligame Radio at least a few days late, not through any fault of your own. I have to admit that I have been feeling overwhelmed, and not always handling things in the ways that I should be, so my apologies for getting this to you a bit later than intended. But I do care about the Intelligame community, and I care about the space that we create here in Intelligame Radio. So thank you for your support and your understanding during these tough times. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. Please, if you have any suggestions, comments, feedback, send them to me via email, josh at intelligame.us, or you can tag us on social media at IntelligameUs. Thanks a lot. Let's go ahead and get started. This week's director's cut is a little different than some of our past ones. Like last week's, this is a currently unpublished piece that I have decided to publish here. Increasingly, Intelligame Radio will feature more of my director's cut writings as pieces that were not previously aired in the Intelligame catalog, and I think that's okay. In fact, I kind of look forward to it. So this piece today talks a bit about the motivations that keep us going in tough times, and this specifically talks about a game that has kept me going in times that are difficult. So without further ado, Lo-Fi Chill Beats to Restore To. It was six weeks since I had last taken my sleep meds. I left the bottle on a plane between San Francisco, California, and Tokyo, Japan, returning from a two-week trip that was both absolutely amazing and also really overwhelming. I think I lost the meds on the jet bridge? Maybe in the seat back pocket? I'm not really sure. My sleep medication is also, perhaps in multiple ways, an antidepressant. On one hand, it helps me not just fall asleep, but actually stay asleep. And better sleep hygiene, as we call it these days, naturally makes the mood rise. On the other hand, the medication was originally developed to be an antidepressant, but then doctors discovered that it was better at helping folks sleep, so my doctor at the time prescribed it to me as a bit of a two-for-one. Due to the whirlwind of shittery that is the American privatized healthcare system, upon switching insurances with my new employer at the time, where, by the way, I still pay far too much for, I guess this will help if I get hit by a bus level insurance, but now it comes with both dental and vision, I lost the ability to see my old provider. In order to get a new prescription, I had to see a new PCP or primary care provider and get a script from them since the old one had expired. When I called to schedule an appointment, the soonest that I could get into a new provider that was seeing new patients was over a month away. Having been on the medication for months, I forgot what my old normal was like until, well, I re-encountered it. The intrusive thoughts, the anxiety-driven paralysis, the self-doubt. Meditation and therapy have helped me identify when some of those triggers are hitting me, when my mental spirals are getting further down the rabbit hole. But seeing those spirals happening doesn't always stop them. In November, I worked on a 50,000-word writing project, setting a goal to just write 50,000 words of, well, anything. 
Technically, I'm supposed to be working on another one of those right now here in April. But, like November, I find it hard to be creative right now. Back then, I attributed it to a span of factors. Missing my meds, sleeping poorly, the amount of junk food and sugar I was eating. Today, I can at least say I've got my meds in check. But this coronavirus-motivated social distancing is doing a number on me, like most everyone else I know. And even in the midst of so many of the gears of society grinding to a halt, I still feel this pressure to do everything. I feel overworked. It's a lot to battle. And pretty much anyone who sent me a text in the last couple of weeks can tell you I'm not winning. <laughs> Apologies to anybody who I've not responded to yet. At the end of last week, I talked with Jenny in our weekly meeting and told her that I had no idea what I was going to do for this very podcast. I couldn't come up with a topic, hadn't done the research, put in the legwork, done an interview. Skimming through some old writing, I found a piece that I thought I could use for this episode. It was about the struggles that I'd gone through in November, the pressures I'd felt building in my own head as the outside world stacked stresses of its own. It was about the game that gave me space to relieve some of those pressures, to interact with others who were fighting their own battles, and how we created a network of support together. It was about kind words. Now, technically, the game's full title is Kind Words, Lo-Fi Chill Beats to Write To. There's a single scene in the game, a small bedroom that's just barely interactive. A purple character with neon pink hair sits hunched over a writing desk, scribbling away with a pencil. The room is simple, a bed that you can't lie on, a boombox on a shelf, a window to the light outside. When you first start the game, a bubbly postal carrier called the Mail Deer greets you and introduces you to the world, a place where you write letters to strangers who've asked questions about their problems. These are real people submitting real, anonymous struggles to the internet, looking for responses. You can respond to as many strangers as you want, and you can post your own trials out to the world. When I opened Kind Words back in November, I wanted to post a problem but I couldn't figure out what. I couldn't pick a spot in my head to focus on. A problem to talk about that would fit within the game's note card sized word limit. How many words would it take to talk about how moral quandaries break my brain right now in a way that I don't know I can handle? That I felt weaker without my medication? That sometimes I feel okay and don't notice, but some mornings I wake up and I don't get out of bed for an hour or more because I'm internet searching all of the things that make me scared and paranoid and hopeless. Turns out, I didn't get much of a chance to think about what I was going to post in November because the mail deer showed up on my screen. She had letters for me, responses from my last post. It had been a few days since I'd logged in, so I actually completely forgot what I'd even written about. At the time, like today, it was hard to write, to work much at all. I have a habit. I think about the amount of work I have to do, chastise myself for being so far behind, and instead of sitting with those feelings, or, I don't know, actually doing the work so that the backlog shrinks, instead I run off to something else. I play a game, read an article, embark on retail therapy. Apparently, this time, one of the ways that I avoided doing that work was talking about avoiding doing work on kind words. I received five responses, each from an anonymous sender save a single initial. 
Two of them said they were praying for me, which I suppose is nice. One of them suggested that I was avoiding feelings by walking away from my work, that I needed to dig in and figure out what it was I was running from. There are options to send an in-game sticker as thanks for people's responses to your requests. I didn't send one to that responder. I probably should have. One person responded to me, saying that they'd literally just done exactly the same thing as I was doing. They didn't offer me any feedback, didn't tell me how to get better, just said that they were going through it too. I sent them my favorite sticker, the one of the mail deer. Now, in fairness, once you receive a sticker, you can actually send it out infinite times to as many people as you want, so it doesn't really cost me anything to relay it, but for some reason, I'm still a little precious about sending out the mail deer. The game's soundtrack, a compilation of lo-fi hip-hop, provides a mellow, instrumental background for writing requests, reading other people's requests, or simply processing feelings. Occasionally, paper airplanes fly by on the screen, filled with generic positive statements sent by other users. You look beautiful today. Hug chain number 18, pass it on. It's a space for, as explicitly called out in the game's title, kind words. And the beats of the music match the beats of the letters pushing energy and compassion through the system. So frequently, I lose focus. How many days have I wasted? How many nights have I blown sitting on the couch watching Golden Girls when I could have been writing articles, playing games with stories, contributing to the landscape that I claim to care so much about? Sure, burnout may be real, but while you're over there burning out, there are other people streaming and making YouTube videos and getting jobs and getting paid to be in that space that you claim to care about, Josh. How much do you really care about your work if you don't spend any time in it? If I'm honest, kind words aren't particularly familiar to me. Not coming from my own head. Going to me, anyway. Kind words is a space where those negative thoughts have to fight for air against those of total strangers, ones who mean well, who want to be helpful, and it's harder for me to imagine bias towards. Certainly, some are more helpful than others, and it's still hard to fight against the logic of, well, they don't really know you, so how can they give you good information? But reading those five responses to the requests that I'd put out somehow instantly lightened my spirits. It was enough to give me the emotional space to write a couple thank you cards I'd planned. To open up my word processor and write. I've got kind words to thank for that. I went back to the game for the first time in months after reading this draft. It's still the same game, the same bedroom, same writing desk. The letters people sent to me were still sitting in my inbox, giving me a chance to walk down memory lane. After rereading that one that I didn't give the male deer sticker to, I actually think that maybe they were less aggressive than I'd originally read them to be. I also think they were right. I know now, actually, after doing intermittent fasting, that I tend to get hungry, quote-unquote, during the workday when I'm encountering a task that I don't like, or a job that I don't like. That's in stark difference to something like streaming, where I can be live for hours upon hours and forget about the physiological requirements of humanity until the stream turns off. So if you happen to be listening, Sender, know that I sent you a months late mail deer sticker. 
I had opened kind words with the intention of sending a request, of trying to petition help from a group of well-meaning strangers, but again, I couldn't package what I was really feeling into those seven small lines. I'm not sure I know just what I would have put in even if I'd had 70. What I came up with was, I'm just tired. Physically, sure, but emotionally. Life is so much right now, and it seems to change dramatically every day. I don't know. I'm safe, but damn. This is a lot. Afterwards, I wrote responses to some requests and was rewarded with a new lo-fi track. The music acts as an incentive, but the new tracks also feel like new blood, beating through the veins in cool, composed rhythm. A couple days later, I came back to a mix of responses from my request. One person said I should plan out the fabulous things I'd get to when all of this is over, and use the summer to make the best of my life. Others suggested leaning into the feeling of discontent and fatigue. Let yourself be tired, they said. It's your brain's way of telling you to rest and take it easy. Practice some escapism until you feel better. And there was another letter, which closed, You are not required to exhaust yourself for others, and you can only continue to help when you are well yourself. I have varied relationships with each of these letters, even though I see truth in all of them. But each letter represents a tie, represents time and energy that a person was willing to give to me, a stranger, to help me when I was in need. Just like in November, each response was a small shot in the arm, gave me the energy to start working again, to feel a little better. Certainly, in April of 2020, the Kind Words request board is different than it was in the past. There are people talking about their struggles with social distancing, college grads who've put their careers on hold, students forced to move back home, feeling trapped, and of course, those dealing with the more direct consequences on themselves or their loved ones. But there are also some of the everyday problems, too. Unrequited love, struggles with friends. There's even some positive notes. People looking for game recommendations, or assistance to get through a tough part of a game. Or maybe just offering spaces for others to vent at a little bit more length. Of course, you can't reply to those vents in kind words, other than just an acknowledgement with a sticker. But at least that person knows that a real human read their problem, and acknowledged it. Blood flows through the body until it stops, but then it's pushed forward again by the heart. It's the cores of compassion, of hope, of love that move through us and keep us going in tough times. Perhaps some of this isolation is showing me just how important my hearts are, not just my physical one but the ones that keep me going mentally and emotionally as well. Each one pushes me forward, gives me life, whether it's the one that I have beating in my chest or the one contained in a community that I'm a part of online, the one that I see in a letter that's sent to me in the mail or one that comes in a letter delivered by a talking deer in a neon bedroom. If you want to try kind words yourself, it's available on Steam. You can play it on PC or Mac. It's developed by Pop Cannibal, and you can find out more information about the game at popcannibal.com slash kindwords. 
Let's close up with a recommendation from IntelliGame Club curator Jenny Wyndham. This week's recommendation will definitely appeal to you if you have a soft spot for rom-coms. If you're looking for a positive, heartwarming, slice-of-life component to add to your gaming, check this one out. Call me a hopeless romantic, but I love rom-coms. Even while in real life I struggle with the idea of fate and serendipity that seems to be the foundation of almost all content in this genre, romantic comedies are my comfort food. In trying times, I often find myself going to movies like 10 Things I Hate About You, K-dramas like Rooftop Prince, and now the newer teen movie, but still kind of a rom-com to all the boys I've loved before. There's something magical about the genre to me, despite knowing the formulas and cliches that'll almost always be thrown in. While the genre itself is a pretty low-stakes, lightweight, some would say, genre, the hope that I find in rom-coms does allow me to transport myself to a fictional reality that feels much better than the more serious and morose dystopian narratives we're often inundated with, both in our media and, unfortunately, in the real world. Romantic comedies allow me to explore the highest goals I think we as humans have for ourselves, to communicate and connect with one another. It's a genre about seeing the best in people, in rooting for them, and yes, about finding love. Half Past Fate by developer Serenity Forge and publisher Way Down Deep is one of a small number of games I've played that fits right into the rom-com category, and I love it for that. You'll follow the stories of three couples, Jaren and Anna, Bia and Milo, and Rindon and Mara, and the narrative jumps between the three couples and points in their relationships, from their first meeting to present day. What I found interesting and fun was that each of the couples had a different backstory and timeline to their relationships. Bia and Milo met in college and stayed friends for the better part of a decade. Jaren and Anna's relationship begins two weeks before the present time in the game, during a chance meeting at a tea festival, and Rindon and Mara have the most recent meeting, literally bumping into one another at a coffee shop, which is only a couple of days prior to the present day. Each of these relationships has a very different dynamic, and I personally connected to Bia and Milo's the most, as theirs was the slowest burn, and the one that I rooted for most by the end. As friends in college, they got along great, but neither of them quite made the first move, and by the time you're close to present day, if you're like me, you'll just be yelling for one of them to just go for it. My favorite character was Jaren, though, because his sweet personality and wholesome persistence in trying to figure out Anna's phone number that he accidentally smudged was extremely endearing. And since he had the video game sci-fi nerd role, his scenes also had a lot of pokes at gaming culture and tropes that always just brought a smile to my face. Half Past Fate allows you to sit back and enjoy the story of these six people as their lives intersect over time. The gameplay is very much adventure game light meets visual novel, where you'll mostly walk around and interact with the other characters to start conversations. But again, this is what I was here for. Heartwarming stories. Not intense puzzles or fast-paced combat. The focus is on how the characters will find each other again, interact, and perhaps find themselves one step closer to love. As I mentioned before, I watch rom-coms because I want to root for someone, and you will want to root for the vast majority of these characters. Fate does perhaps have a role in the meeting of these folks, but I felt that their investment with each other is what really fostered their relationships and my enjoyment of the relationships. 
This is apparent again with my favorite of the three couples, Bia and Milo, who again were friends for years. They put in the work of being there for one another, of caring for each other through thick and thin, despite also sometimes being in other relationships. And Half Past Fate reminded me that while love and relationships may start because of happenstance and bumping into one another, it's the work that you put into them, the work that you put towards communicating with one another and being there for someone else. That's what truly will make a relationship have a strong foundation. Half Past Fate looks stunning. Its pixel art is perhaps one of my favorites of the year so far, with a really unique mashup of 2D sprites that are highly expressive, and then a 3D-esque environment. So while the story will make your heart happy, your eyes will be happy looking at the game as well. Romantic comedies remind you what it feels like to have a crush, and good ones can give you butterflies, not unlike the ones that you get on first dates. They provide you a mix of hope and vulnerability and curiosity and sincerity. And romantic comedies provide worlds that, despite twists and turns, will end in the best case scenario. So yes, Half Past Fate is fluffy in the sense that it's not exploring revolutionary themes or breaking down everything we knew to be true. But for me, and for right now, sometimes having a story that shows the best case scenario is something that I need. I'm excited games also are exploring a wider variety of stories, not just epic tales of saving the world, but smaller stories based in reality that still can hold a sense of magic, heart, and hope at their core. You can find Half Past Fate on Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and Steam. And thank you for listening to this week's game recommendation. That was IntelliGame Club curator Jenny Windham. You can find her live stream content at twitch.tv slash kimchika or her pre-recorded video content at youtube.com slash kimchika. You can, of course, also find her work on the IntelliGame Club. Go over to intgm.us slash club to find out more information there and keep up with our episodes. Our IntelliGame Club selection for April is Half by Emma Kidwell. You can learn more on the website, intelligame.us. All right, folks, that does it for another edition of Intelligame Radio. I'm your host, Josh Boykin. You can find me on Twitter or Facebook at Wallstormer. Keep an eye out for more Intelligame content by swinging by the homepage, intelligame.us, or following us on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, at IntelligameUs. Our live streams take place on Twitch at twitch.tv slash IntelligameUs, and you can subscribe to the newsletter to get updates straight to your inbox at intgm.us slash newsletter. If you want to help support IntelliGames' efforts, you can subscribe to us on Patreon. All of our proceeds right now are being donated to charity. This month, we're splitting the funds between City Meals on Wheels to help fund food for the elderly in New York City, and an effort to raise money for PPE, personal protective equipment, for medical professionals in Seattle. Find our page at patreon.com slash us. Thank you so much for listening to the show. We will see you next week. Until then, keep IntelliGaming.